This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing. Woodhouse's lineup of beers is brewed to perfection and best enjoyed in the company of close friends and family. Check them out today at the LCBO or visit them at the Toronto Brew Pub with a newly opened patio. Yes, welcome to the Beer and Bullshit podcast. Uh, we've got a big week for you this week. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. With me is my part-time co-host, Chris Pellerin. Chris, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. Uh, I'm glad to be back. You know what? A lot of buzz from people within my family about our first pod, so looking to try to build on that. Before we get started with the show tonight, contractual obligations dictate that we need to say we're enjoying Great Lakes Brewery beer. I don't know why I'm holding mine up. This is an audio medium, but I'm enjoying a uh, Sunnyside Session IPA from Great Lakes Brewery that was supplied to us for the show. And I enjoy this beer because it delivers a lot of flavor and low alcohol. I like a good Session IPA, and this is one of the best, in my opinion, uh, available in Ontario. Um, what were you drinking the past couple of weeks? Well, I had a bunch of storm stayed that I picked up last week, including Black is Beautiful, but that wound up not making it into my weekend routine because just I couldn't I couldn't do the ten percent stout mm-hmm. midday. Um, I have been drinking a lot of storm stayed recently as well. I mean, it's not surprising. It's our one of our handful of local breweries, but I picked up a twelve pack of Keats American Lager because that is right in my wheelhouse during the summer. And I drank, uh, I was at the cottage, I drank a bunch of Anderson Gold, which is a light lager 4.2. I described it as being not very exciting, but it was a perfect cottage crusher. Gavin Anderson uh, actually was at the brewery when I bought it. He described it as their cream ale light, which is a fair description. And if you like their cream ale, you're probably already wishing you could try some gold. Um, I also had uh, some sun split from from uh, Dominion in Ottawa. And that is a nice IPA, um, which I went on and on about a few weeks ago. And then my cousin brought some up from Ottawa for me. Sweet. Speaking of Ottawa, um, Tooth and Nail Brewery in Ottawa has announced that they are finally doing Ontario-wide shipping, which is frankly fucking fantastic news because I think they make the best Pilsner in Ontario. Uh, Vim and Vigor is like just the cleanest most amazing pilsner in ontario and i've been chirping the company for a while to deliver like jokingly obviously but they finally do so i've ordered an entire case of that beer to myself and it's hopefully going to arrive soon well i think it's good for some of these province-wide shipping when uh, it's you know the flat rate of 10 or 15 dollars and to, to justify it, you need to buy an inordinate amount of beer sometimes. I should probably get three cases. It's $10 flat shipping. Yeah, it was a little bit of sticker shock there when I was three bucks a can, $15 flat rate plus tax. I was like, this is a pretty expensive case of beer, but I have been waiting for this beer to become available for shipping for a while. So I went for it and I probably won't regret it. So why don't we get right to the beer news this week? There's uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, there was um, uh, an incident, alleged incident at at Cowbell Brewery in Blythe uh, of racial discrimination. There's a couple who went to who went to Cowbell and on the patio, mixed race, and they were told the space was full. They were moved to a different space and. 
proceeded to watch uh, uh, a, a white couple come up with no reservation and be seated immediately. That's no good. I, uh, I am a, a mixed race couple. Um, not, uh, we, we haven't experienced much in the way of discrimination, but this, there's no place for this kind of story. Um, you know, I, I hope it was a misunderstanding, but, but who knows? Yeah, and it's, so there's a couple, and I feel comfortable saying their names because their public post has been shared over 4,000 times on Facebook at this point. But their names are Caitlin and Josh Dundee. They're a married couple. They, were, they say the, the restaurant refused to seat them, sitting, stating that they need reservations and they're completely booked. So they went outside to a tent, ordered beer and some food, and a waitress asked why they couldn't get a table. We then noticed that people behind us in line for a table were seated in the patio. We definitely heard them say they didn't have a reservation either. Um, so Caitlin went inside without her husband to check, asked for a table and was offered one right away. She says, I asked the waitress who was the same one that denied us before why there was no table earlier for my husband and I, and she went beat red. No asking for my reservation, no mention of being booked, no mention of their pop-up tent outside. Now, obviously, Caitlin feels clearly and strongly that this was racial discrimination. And the really, really, I mean, obviously, racism is profoundly shitty and awful. But the really terrible thing here has been Cowbell's response or lack thereof. It's just been like a PR nightmare. So initially they responded and essentially said that was, you know, difficulties with their systems. So they said, at first they said that, that Caitlin's story wasn't true. Uh, we did successfully find the couple under our patio outdoor space and called, sorry, called the green to let them know we had a table on our patio available for them. And then Caitlin, this is actually in the comments, she said, no, that didn't happen actually. <laughs> so then they updated that and said, we made several mistakes today. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. We're listening, we're learning, we're committed to doing better. We're taking this matter seriously and speaking directly with the guests involved. We'll be meeting with our staff to ensure a situation like this never takes place again. And that's really when the social media pylon started. There's like thousands of comments. And so they updated their status to say, we made a guest feel uncomfortable. This is never our intention. We've taken time to reflect and determine our next steps, and we will take the time to learn. In support of this, we've reached out to Ren Navarro of Beer Diversity, and our entire team will be learning and growing with her, along with input from the couple. We encourage others to follow suit. So this is like pouring gasoline on the fire, because they basically said, we made you uncomfortable. And someone was like, you didn't seat them under a fucking air conditioning vent. Like, you discriminated because the dude was brown. And I think the shittiest part here is, so I don't know if you know Ren Navarro, Chris, but she's, she's a friend of mine. We've hung out before. She has a company called Beer Diversity, and she's working to consult with breweries to improve their diversity and their breweries and help them understand why it's important. So like to kind of just name drop her, it's like, we called Ren. Like I, 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 I talked to Ren yesterday and I said, this feels like the, you know, the brewery equivalent of like, it's okay. I have a black friend, you know? So I talked to Ren, she's on vacation. So she's, Ren's exhausted. This is an exhausting time to be Ren. So she's in comment and we won't go there. But uh, I thought that was just such a, such a cop out. And so uh, I actually reached out to Cowbell myself and I, I got a statement from them a few hours ago. Um, it's kind of more of the same. Um, I told them I would read it in full because they wanted to make sure I did. So I know I've already been talking a long time, but bear with me while I read the response that I received at 5 p.m. Uh, today's Tuesday? Tuesday. So they've obviously reviewed exactly what happened because they've got things to the minute. 
they, I'm assuming they reviewed some tape. But on July 21st, 2020 at 2.24, a couple arrived at our restaurant at Cowbell Brewing Co. in Blythe, Ontario. At that time, our waitstaff had a full restaurant and limited capacity due to our COVID-19 safety policy. As a result, we were unable to seat this couple as well as 10 other groups of guests who arrived without a reservation during our busy lunch period. 224 busy lunch period, okay. At that time, there were no available tables. All of these new guests were informed that they had space for seating on the green and outdoor space where guests are able to enjoy beer and curbside food. The couple decided to go to the green. At 3.12 p.m., one member of the couple returned back to our front desk and requested a table. At that time, two tables had been cleared and the guest was then able to obtain a table for two but chose to decline seating. So they're really just reiterating the, the play of the tape here. But then they've said, our team at Cowbell Brewing Co. felt this was a misunderstanding that the guest may have been of the view that a table had been available earlier when in fact that was not the case. It's pretty defensive. Cowbell Brewing Co. does not stand for discrimination against any ethnicities, but we recognize that racism does unfortunately exist in our society. To date, Cowbell Brewing is pleased to have welcomed over 500,000 guests from more than 30 countries. In light of the current civil rights movement, Cowbell Brewing Co. acknowledges the importance of the cultural movement and its ability to create change and educate others about racism and cultural intolerance. We stand with the movement and our leadership team at Cowbell will continue to educate, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm exhausting myself reading this. It's, it's like a textbook apology now, but it's their fifth one. <laughs> so I don't know. Very careful. Uh, mm -hmm. And everything they've done has looks like it has had the feel of being very careful. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if you can necessarily blame them for that. If if you if you step out of line these days, then you just get smoked on social media. You know, even if there's a misunderstanding, and uh, I'm not suggesting there was here. I don't know all of the facts, but um, I will say that Cowbell is generally just a zoo with how busy it is. Um, yeah, I went there with some friends and family on Family Day last year. We thought we just we've got a group of nine. We'll just you know stroll in around twelve thirty and and sit down and and we wound up wandering the brewery for two and a half hours before we had a table. Um, so there there's some credence to the fact that they I'm sure they were busy on the long weekend, but uh, that's about as far as I can go with beyond uh, you know. But like tiptoeing around accusations of racism, like I know you have to be like they're being careful in corporate, but like come down firmly against any possibility of racism in your organization immediately. Like it shouldn't be like, well, actually our protocols were, were busy and the service industry, like just be like, f fuck racism. Like this isn't an issue where there's like two sides, like fuck racism is, I mean, they would never say that. I've actually been told by, the, by this organization at Cowbell that they only like words that you'd say to your grandmother. <laughs> so yeah. that's the other thing about Cowbell that is it that gives this this weird tinge of like mm, because I too have gone there. It's on the way to my cottage. I've stopped in for a sandwich and a beer, and uh, I I was actually told oh the bar's full, so I sat at a table by myself, which was a weird experience. And I was like, there's something weird here. Like this is a beautiful space they're cooking with beer it's all right like but then I was like what's weird it's like it is like the whitest place like there's no edginess there's no craft brewery feeling it is like Disney World in the sense that it's like I looked around and it was all older white people so I think 
when this comes out, people are kind of like, if you've been there, you're like, ooh, like it feels like, okay, maybe, right? Like there was also another stupid issue when um, someone posted a picture of the staff at Cowbell Brewery and uh, on Instagram, and one of the guys was doing the, the upside down okay sign, which apparently has become a white supremacist thing for in photos, you flash that to say you're white supremacist. But it's also, remember we did in high school, like if you see that, you get to punch the guy and you put your finger in it. And so That's what I remember, look yeah. at it, then you smack somebody in the nuts. So. so they had a picture of this, like the brewing team and one guy was doing that on his leg and everyone's like, he's a white supremacist. <laughs> and then he was like, I'm not, I was doing the punch thing and they Photoshopped his photo. So like that, the creepy vibes in Blythe. And then this, you're like, ugh. So obviously people are just like, over it like 4,000 shares people are like I'm never going to go there again it's on reddit twitter facebook today but I just think it's just such a bad example of how to handle this like we made a guest feel uncomfortable we're going to take some time to learn like you shouldn't have to reflect I don't think on racism like that's not a I gotta go think this one through yeah I don't love uh, apologies that uh, we're sorry if we made somebody uncomfortable those kind of apologies I'm not a huge fan yeah. um, I don't know what you do though if you're if you're them do you say yeah yeah we we blew it one of our employees was out and out racist like is the fallout going to be less from something like that if you just go the straight accountable route if your employee is racist they you know, the, the response is this employee has been fired and this is not right. tolerated this company. I'm, I'm guessing they're saying that this employee was not racist, which is why she is still employed, presumably, but it's just a bit of a gong show. That same visit when I was there, I was sitting there and I was like, There's, this is like, Cowbell feels a little weird to me. As I was sitting there, they project uh, like quotes from media on the wall, like singing the praises of the place. And I was sitting there thinking it was kind of weird. And my words were blasted on the wall because I wrote an article early on about how it was one of the most, it was like the most ambitious brewing undertaking in Ontario or something. And it is, it's ridiculous. It's 26 acres and everything's sustainable. So I said something like, this is the Disney world of beer, or this is the most ambitious undertaking. And I was like, literally, as I was thinking, this is weird. My own words of praise were projected on the wall above the table I was eating at. Yeah, I don't know. I think the fallout, uh, I don't know how they come back. I, I think I've, I'm the only one that's seen this statement so far. So whether or not they'll issue this publicly, I don't know. But I feel like the damage is done. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe pe all the people that go to Blythe for beer at Cowbell will continue to go to beer, to Blythe for beer at Cowbell. I don't know. Well, I think there's something to be said about that. I, I mean, people can, can aim for diversity, but if you're not attracting a diverse crowd and you don't have a diverse populace around you, then your customers will be as diverse as, as your non-diverse staff sometimes. So Yeah, yeah, you know, and my... maybe they don't give a fuck about, I mean, Blythe, all due respect to the Blytheans, aren't that what they're called? But may, maybe Blythe isn't that diverse, and so Cowbell doesn't need to have a diverse atmosphere. I don't know. I believe they're, they're actually Blythesters. Blythesters? Um, but... Blytheans? But I was funny. I was up at uh, I was up at my cottage in in Bayfield over the weekend. I was chatting with my aunt. Um, she's seventy three, seventy four, and she was planning to meet a whole group that she hadn't seen all through COVID, and they were all meeting at at uh, at Cowbell. And I told her this story. She said, "Hmm, well, it's going to be nice to see my friends." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
Yeah, she's maybe one of the biggest fans. She goes there all the time. So uh, loves the food, loves the atmosphere, and uh, a little racism isn't going to deter her. (laughs) Jesus, I'm definitely going to hesitate to pick up a a cowbell beer for a while. Apparently, we don't have to have more cowbell. (laughs) That wasn't a good one. You could have come up with something better. Go ahead. The only prescription for less racism is less cowbell. Was that supposed to be Christopher Walken? I got a fever. I got a racist fever. And the only prescription. Okay, let's, this will all be edited. What? (laughs) My Walken was on fire. God. Folks, are you like me? Do you like supporting independent breweries? Yeah, you do. What better independent brewery to support right now than the Indie Alehouse? Indie is right in the name, so you know they're independent. They're located in Toronto. Uh, their brew pub is in the Junction, and they have a brewery in Italy, in the Manulife Center as well. Of course, these are weird times for going out. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't even live in Toronto. That's okay. You can still try the delicious beers that they're making at the Indie Alehouse because they made it easy. Beer to your door, ordered from the comfort and safety of your own home that's my favorite way to order things you got free delivery anywhere in toronto if you order 12 beers or more and a flat rate anywhere else in ontario why not order a stay home pale ale one dollar from every can of stay home purchased will be donated to the fund that supports their employees that have been temporarily laid off due to covid19 check them out at indialehouse.com okay what else is going on in the news chris uh, there looks to be some, you know, some pressure for easing up on public drinking laws uh, as bars reopen. Try to keep people outdoors. Uh, and there was a push earlier this month, particularly in Toronto, that public drinking won't be tolerated in beaches, parks, and the like, with a pretty hefty fine of $300. So uh, it looks like they're maybe moving away from that, which I think makes a ton of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in these warm months right now. Let's be outside as much as possible and drink as much as possible. I don't think there anyone saying health experts are saying we should drink as much as possible. Well, the article I have up says, oh, no, no, I read that. Uh, I read that wrong. But it is interesting to, it's counterintuitive advice that we've, you know, people said get outside, enjoy outdoor spaces, but then they've, they've cracked down on public drinking. Um, to me, it doesn't make sense that you're not allowed to drink in public normally. I actually started like on a whim on my lunch break. It would have been seven years ago. I started a petition to to allow drinking in public parks in Toronto. Like on my lunch break, I put it up, and it got like three thousand signatures like so quickly. And I started getting media inquiries. And literally, it was two days before my son was born. So I was just like, I don't have, I don't give a fuck about this right now. Like, it would have been great to like. Get, because like city councilors were involved, the media wanted it like, sure, well, let's drink in public parks. And then it petered out. There's been, you know, minor calls for public drinking to come back in the interim. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I lived in Toronto. People don't have outdoor space. So like the parks are your backyard. And I don't know, well, I do know about you. We've been drinking in our backyards a lot because we can. If I didn't have a backyard, I would certainly want to take to the park to enjoy a beer. Yeah, Canada's funny. Uh, I think one of the more puritanical countries in the world when it comes to public drinking. Uh, and I think, you know, part of it is you make it a, a, a taboo and you get everybody sneaking around trying to sneak drinks in public. And there's not really any benefit to that. People are walking, 
and being responsible, I, I just don't see why it's a major issue. I mean, I've been drinking in public since I was 13, 14 years old without <laughs> issue except for four or five fines. Yeah, we were the fines. I, I was with you on more than one of those occasions. I don't remember the fines being $300, though. No, it was, well, if you were also underage, then you were close to 300 But if it was just, if you were a grown-up drinking in public, it was like 45 bucks. I've had, I've had a couple. <laughs> you uh, had multiple adult drinking in public fines? Well, I had one time I was with a big group, uh, my cousins, and we got pulled over on the bridge on Highway 21 near Bayfield. And cop comes over and sees 12 of us all throw our drinks over the railing. And then start. You didn't just drink. You threw bottles into a river. Well, we were trying not to get the forty-five dollar ticket. So (laughs) he climbs over the guardrail and starts sifting through the woods, and he's pulling out, you know, Mike's hard lemonade from fifteen years earlier and a bottle of OV. I'm like, I didn't even know they sold OV anymore. And he's lining them all up on the curb, and and uh, you know, my cousin started making fun of him for being a young cop. I'm probably older than you. Like, good. You've been doing with cops a lot, right? Smart, smart way to go. Like, well, I'm going to give you guys a fine. I'll just give you one for the whole group. Who's going to take it? And some of my older cousins again said, well, Chris gets lots of fines, and we just give it to him. Okay. <laughs> All right. I agree with that logic. A good one. What <laughs> you, funny. Benny? I'm trying to remember. Did you ever get any, or were you, just, were you shielded by, by larger idiot targets? I was usually, I would try to stay with someone that was a little bit faster than. It was just usually a good, good survival mechanism. I remember getting fined for swimming in uh, Thames Park, in the public park. Like, we'd go after hours and swim, hopping the fence. I got a ticket for that one. I remember running from cops in my wet underwear and getting cornered by multiple. And I was like, you got me. <laughs> so I, was, I'm a, I got one of those on my record somewhere. But I don't think, a, I don't think I have a public drinking. Yeah, I'd say the first one I got was... Uh, an amusing story with uh, I came home from school one day I was pretty young and my mom just comes at me well I got your latest fine and at this point I haven't had any fines so I don't know what latest meant exactly but and she just goes off on me I said I don't have I have no idea what you're talking about and she just going off for half an hour and then she comes out 10 minutes later uh, I might have to apologize. I got a fine for your brother at the exact location and the exact time. I'm like, it, one of his buddies was on probation, so he said to use my name. Like, well, why am I getting drilled for this? I didn't even do anything. So your brother told his buddy to use your name? I guess that's noble. That's right. <laughs> well, I would be drinking in Toronto parks right now at my current age, uh, for sure. So... Uh, fully support that if you're listening and wondering about whether or not to drink in a park in Toronto this weekend do it you have our endorsement uh some gross news did you like this one Chrissy I don't think you even like mustard do you no I I hate mustard with an unbridled passion I threw up in my mouth a little bit reading this do it again I want to watch you throw up in your mouth all right so French is mustard is partnering with Oscar Blues Brewery to make a yellow mustard. Oh, God, you actually threw up. Why is it so red? What were you eating? I'm a ketchup man. (laughs) Um, So they're making a mustard beer to celebrate National Mustard Day, which I I can't say I knew was a thing, but there's a national day for everything these days. Um, Tart tropical wheat beer infused with citrus fruits to complement 
I'm quoting, doing quotes in the air. French's classic yellow mustard. Um, yeah, it's not, uh, it's mustard o'clock somewhere is not a motto I live by. That's what it says here, eh? It's mustard o'clock somewhere. So it's not clear to me if this beer actually tastes like mustard. It is called a mustard beer, but it says hints of key lime, lemon, tangerine, and passion fruit. That sounds reasonable. A mustard beer would just be disgusting. Like if you eat too much mustard, you're you're gonna get sick. My my grandfather, when he wanted to stay home from school, would eat a spoonful of mustard because it would make him throw up. So I wouldn't want to drink a can of it. So that's old school mustard there, though. That's the real mustard. It's yeah, the, the real strong before they took the <laughs> asbestos out of it. We got to get kids into mustard. Let's uh, let's bring it down a notch. Before the government started ruining mustard for the real men. I as I will say, I made a beer with Great Lakes Brewery. I made a collaboration beer um, called Dill Hole. Because I enjoy an IPA and dill pickle chips. So I thought it'd be a great concept to mix the two and make a dill pickle IPA. So, I, I mean, that was the extent of my involvement. I talked to their brewmaster, Mike Lackey, and said, this is what I'm thinking. He's like, we could make that work. And so we dumped um, Sriracha ice hops into it because it has kind of a dilliness. And then we actually like, dry hopped it with dill. So there's fresh dill and dried dill and um i never got to drink it i got really really sick <laughs> it was during a festival in toronto called session and uh that was going to be the unveiling of this beer and i not to be too gross but i had like just fucking violent unrelated diarrhea <laughs> so i remember like being so mad that i couldn't try this dill pickle beer and i was people were like checking into it on untapped back when i was still on untapped and people were texting me um Actually, Jeff, the brewer at Indie Ale House, texted me and said, this is the best beer I've ever had to drink while eating a sandwich. And I was like, fuck, that's like exactly what I want from this beer. So I never got to try it, but I'm hoping the recipe still lives somewhere because dill pickle beer, okay. Mustard beer, I'm out. Yeah, maybe it's like some beers that where they have, uh, they're they're flavored in some degree or they're they're fruited and you just don't feel that element come through and... It's but then what's the point? I mean, I feel like if you're going to make a gimmick beer, you got to fucking gimmick the hell out of it. Like if you're like, oh, there's Lucky Charms in my beer, but it's really just a pale ale. But who cares? You got to go. Billions, billions of gallons on National Mustard Day, which I know everybody is waiting for. We probably won't even get it here. Oscar Blues is in Colorado, so well, I doubt the mustard beer will enjoy broad distribution. I did see that it got a paid for um, promotion from uh shoot i don't even know her name from american pie the band camp nerd who's in all the movies she's drinking it and has like a six pack and like a bag that matches the beer and she's like i love mustard beer like it's like so fake (laughs) she's kind of awkward anyway allison hannity is that right that's it yeah good pull good pull i wanted to talk about the nba bubble a bit because i thought it was amusing that Chugging beer has become a popular pastime in the NBA bubble. Yeah, so the NBA has restarted. They started up again a few days ago, and they have a a bubble in uh, in Walt Disney Resort in Orlando, where they have they've really closed things off. They've got they got a ton of activities for players and food and everything, um, but there's pretty strict rules on what they can and can't do. Uh, they can't leave unless they have a you know a personal reason to leave so we've seen some players go from injuries funerals 
birth yeah. of children, that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things, so apparently it says in this article, I think it was on CNN, Pelicans guard J.J. Redick apparently started it with a Bud Light chugging in an ice bath and the ever-competitive heat center Myers Leonard met Redick's challenge by polishing off a Coors Light in little more than three gulps. So they're just like a bunch of dudes bored at, you know, Disney World. But it kind of sounds amazing because I've mentioned it before. I'm a germaphobe. There's, that's a good bubble. None of the 344 players tested since July 20 has tested positive for the coronavirus. If you leave the bubble at all, you have to be quarantined for 10 days. And then I was reading some of the weird rules. A game of cards with teammates is okay, but only while wearing a face mask and on the understanding that the deck is disposed of at the end. I just like the idea, the visual of a bunch of NBA players playing poker with masks on and then burning the deck of cards at the end. You can play golf, but you can't have a caddy. I don't know. Sounds okay to me. Um, like uh, all, everything I'm hearing from you know players that are being interviewed is that it's like a big, like a high school AAU tournament where you look up in the stands and you've got players from the other teams watching your game. Uh, it's like a, a Saturday when you're 16 years old or something. Yeah. My favorite part, we talked about this before the show, um, Clippers guard Lou Williams was spotted at an Atlanta strip club during an excused absence so that he could attend a funeral. So he was allowed to go for the funeral, but he decided while he was out to stop into a, a strip club. And uh, so he's on a 10-day quarantine. And he's going to miss two games because of it. And you were defending him. And it seems like his defense here is that he was there for the food. He went to the strip club for the food. The other fun part of this is he, I think the funeral was in Texas. But he and he was in Atlanta. In Atlanta. <laughs> he was in Atlanta on the way back for some wings. He wasn't probably going to, uh, to volunteer this to the NBA until until a uh, picture with Jack Harlow surfaced on, on Instagram. Well, he's, he tweeted, ask any of my teammates what's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta. Ain't nobody partying. Chill out. Hashtag mask on. Hashtag in and out. So he's sticking to it that he just had to have those wings. This is, this is massive advertising for Magic City. And these wings were already named after Lou Will. And now they're going to be the best-selling wings in, in the country probably. So the wings are named after him. They were named after him prior to his visit. Uh, he's perhaps a touch of a regular if he's got the wing named after him. I mean, I think it, it's still a bit of a stretch to say you're going to a funeral in Texas and stopping by Atlanta for a visit to a strip club. But if the wings in the strip club are named after you, maybe slightly more defensible. You got to check in. You got to make sure the quality controls there. If they name wings after you. You got to pop in and be like, yo, the Lou Williams wings, they're not up to snuff. Like a surprise, I'm thinking surprise visit. He's mystery shopping. It's mystery shopping. You know what? The story was kind of funny, but it would have been a nightmare if he went in there and had like five lap dances and then showed back up to the NBA bubble, went in and. and oh my God. Talk about the worst possible place to go to and the worst possible food to eat. Like there's no way I'm going anywhere for wings during a pandemic, let alone a strip club. Like, Oh my God, what a terrible decision. But I mean, how much money is he potentially giving up for missing two games too? Like it's just pure stupidity. I think 260K was the number. Oh my God. Those better be fucking good wings. Uh, what else you got this week, pal? What you got? We got any recommendations? What are you, uh, what are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, I, I just started watching the, the second season of um, Umbrella Academy last night. Oh yeah. I don't know if you watched that one at all. No, what is that? 
there's uh, seven babies all born on the same day to different parents, and uh, they're all seemingly have special gifts. And so this eccentric billionaire adopted them and trained them to be a superhero team. And they went their separate ways, got back together in season one, and they're trying to prevent the apocalypse. And uh, and season two kind of picked up in 1960s Dallas, which was an interesting twist and um, seems good. It's a pretty entertaining show. Interesting. At first I thought you were describing a real show, but then it got really unrealistic. Um, I too am going to recommend a TV show. We're moving away from our literary roots already after one episode. Um, and it's a weird one. So I will preface this by saying that my son deleted our Netflix profile. So the recommendations are crazy. Kate watched two, I hate to say chick flick, but they were rom-coms. So that's all that's been watched on our account. So our recommendations are strange to say the least. So we just pick something. We're like, I'm sick of trying to scroll through these and we started watching cheer so have you heard of this series yes it's really good like it's like (laughs) like i did not think i would be engaged by a documentary about cheerleaders and uh, if this is an older series maybe i'm like late to the party but uh they're not just like cheerleaders like this is competitive and athletic as hell and there's like some really good like the dynamic is crazy. Like the woman who runs the team, she's like the Bill Belichick of cheerleading. It's a, it's aggressive. It's a really good show. And she tends to recruit from, uh, from sort of downtrodden people or people from like a uh, troubled backgrounds too. So check it out. Cheer on Netflix. Okay. Well, my beer is almost empty. I can see yours is. So I think we'll call it a show there, Chris. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, Ben. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure and wash your hands.